coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined tonight by my two co-hosts, Stan Wilson Lee, Professor Plum, and wow. Chris Wilson Barnes. Hello. If he's Professor Plum, then who are you? Ms. Colonel White. Mustard. Lady White. I'm Mr. Body. That makes sense. Does, does it? That make Wait, me, what does that mean? Does that make me Wadsworth? No, you've always fancied yourself Mr. Green every time we've talked about this. It's true. And so tonight we are going to be continuing our Perfect Tens discussion with the last of Chris's four picks. Chris, remind the audience at home, even if they've read... the fifth pick? Even if they read <laughs> the title of the episode, what your uh, Perfect Ten pick was. Our fans don't read. <laughs> That's true, they listen. Well, I figured that, to, that this would be the perfect time, especially after what Stan did, for murder... <laughs> And Why was that murder? <laughs> no, no, there's or, going to be... Hand me that hammer. My <laughs> ability for murder, um, just because I burnt. Tonight, I'm rounding out my selections with my favorite scary movie, Clue. The movie. The clue Stan, you no, look taken... Never, a, no, Stan, you look taken aback by that statement. Did you not think uh, Clue was a very scary movie? Did I... Oh, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I under, uh, no. <laughs> That's absolutely a murder no. mystery and a thriller. No, 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 what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, uh, I, would, I would go into that. Um, I, I, I don't know if I could say I was alarmed by any of it. And this, but, but again, I just saw nope. So, and I was plenty scared there. So me watching Clue after that probably didn't set me up for any scares as much I mean, as just having fun with the Yeah, with I mean, apples and mystery. oranges. I'd be scared to be in a house where like six murders happen in the span of a couple hours. I don't know. I'm here for it, man. Sign me up. Well, I mean, depending they're just, on they're just making jokes because that's their defense mechanism. Yeah, same. <laughs> exactly. I would be right at home. Well, if I were the killer, I'd kill you next. I said if. Running, 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 running. <laughs> All right, so what is our, uh, our well, first discussion topic? My first topic is, one, it's one of my favorite movies, but I wanted to, well, I have a story about how, I wanted to ask, how, I mean, I'm sure you guys just, when did you guys first see it? I was just curious. Oh, well, I know As, the Stan's answer. It, it, doesn't, Stan ha- it watched, doesn't have to be involved, but I, just, I was just curious. I know Stan watched it for the first time short. last night. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I saw this. You and I have discussed this before, Chris. There was a period in the 90s where if you had HBO, you basically watched the same five movies. Uh, so it was this and Tremors for yeah. me. I cannot tell you how many times I watched Clue and Tremors uh, ah. in the 90s. Um, so I've I, seen Tremors several times. It's kind of crazy. I've never <clears throat> seen, and I've known about Clue forever, but I guess I've never seen it. It like, kind of like Christmas Vacation for me is like. We're just introducing you to all kinds of classics. <laughs> My disappointment grows by the second. All right, um, um, you're not the only one, obviously. <laughs> I br- I Amanda broke up with me last night, just because, or yesterday afternoon, because I had never seen Clue. That seems a bit harsh. No, uh, no, no. It seems perfectly justified. <laughs> I mean, to me. it doesn't seem like it should be the she exciting incident. Off. Yeah, she walked the fuck off. Yesterday man. afternoon, uh, Sunday, as of this recording, <laughs> uh, we, me and Katie and Stan and Amanda had just gotten out of seeing Nope, and we started talking about doing this episode of, of for Clue, which Stan admitted that he had never seen before, and me and Katie and Amanda all looked at him. And then Amanda just said, nope, and nope. walked off. And I was like, you know what? That's reasonable. <laughs> it was funny. It's, it's good as a joke, but I genuinely, I genuinely don't like that pe- when people get upset that you've never seen something, you know? Well, generally yeah. the, that the film itself, when it came out, was, it was not received well oh, yeah, critically we'll, we'll or commercially. But the idea that those that end up watching it later fall in love with it you know it's like oh yeah yeah and it's, i never was the one to stop and end up watching something after it was panned or whatever so until you know recently watching christmas vacation and clue and then it's like oh this is why it's all about what it is 
I mean, it is the perfect comedy. I, I don't know why this flopped on release. Um, I have ideas, but we'll get there. We'll get no. there. I, I brought up the, the first time viewings thing because, like, like I told you, yeah, it, it, for me, it did fall into that whole HBO ran it and that's how I first saw it kind of thing, like so many other movies. But it happened in a weird way for me, uh, and I wanted to share it because um, it happened. My, 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 me watching it happened because I was sick. Not just sick, sick in Jamaica. The only time I ever, I've been out of the country on any sort of trip, uh, I was around 11 or 10 or, 11 or 12. Uh, we, the, my family decided to take a big trip to Jamaica for like a week. Uh, so we went out there to a resort on the coast. Uh, it was a neat place. I was running around the first couple of days having fun. Uh, and then middle of the week, I came down with strep throat. So I was confined to our little hotel villa thing that we were in. Sounds so, familiar. So I just had to watch TV. Well, I've also had COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not in Jamaica. Not, not in, in Jamaica. Jamaica. No, no, the views were better. Or Switzerland. Brag. <laughs> um, Much. <laughs> but uh, so I was confined to the, to the room and I was just watching TV, and I kept, it ha I, I swear to you, it happened, I don't know why this is ingrained in my brain so much, but it happened at least four or five different times where I would flip around on TV, I would keep coming on to the last half hour of Clue. When they were doing the summation, the entire rundown of the, of the plot, every time, and I was like, I, was, I, I want, I, it became a, it became an obsession for me to tune in when they were actually starting this movie. <laughs> and finally, I don't remember what I did. Finally, I did. And I was like, oh, good. The rest of it's nice, too. <laughs> yeah, it's especially funny watching this as an adult. Yeah. Because I just, uh, you know, thought it was silly and funny as a kid, not realizing how many jokes went over my head until the first time I watched this as an adult. Chris, I can't oh, believe you didn't lead us into... One of the great jokes. What joke is that? The long story short. Too late. <laughs> too late. <laughs> that is one of my favorites. That's one of my the ones I will just quote when I can. You know, now that he's brought that up, I am kind of disappointed with you. That's the, that's the end <laughs> right? of this episode. I'm holding off because there's going to be an entire section of this show that is just favorite lines. This this movie was written by John Landis, and this movie's. I mean, aside from everything else, this movie is just rapid fire in terms of dialogue and, and quips. It is just nonstop. And that's not surprising considering the people in this movie who are delivering it. Yeah, I, I have the majority of this film memorized. Yeah. I could do a one-man clue. And that's impressive considering the sheer amount of just like dialogue back and forth that happens mm -hmm. in this movie. Uh, so I just wanted to start off with like, yeah, I didn't, it's like, again, it was, like, it was something that was always vaguely on my mind until I got older, and it's like, oh, it became more obvious when I, when I uh, since I understood it better. It's just like, how, how did, like, this is based on the Parker Brothers board game. How did an adaptation of a board game be so good? Well, it was written in the 80s, so I'm going to say cocaine. Well, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you, you, can't say, you can't say that about everything in the Well, 80s. it's John Landis. Now, so. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, but it's not like John Belushi was part, and, and Dan Aykroyd were in it. But Christopher Lloyd, Martin Mull. Yeah, the cast. The ca yeah. I, mean, I mean, honestly, Malachi. the real answer is the writing, directing, and the casting is just yeah. brilliant. It's absolutely inspired in this movie. I mean, in fact, I made sure to screenshot the IMDb so I could refer to it easily. You have... You have, I mean, just starting from the top, there's Wadsworth, which is Tim Curry. Uh -huh. um, cocaine. <laughs> that man did not need cocaine to do But that. he did. I'm sure it didn't hurt. hurt. It didn't hurt. Madeline Kahn is Mrs. Cocaine. White. Stop it. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd as Professor cocaine. Plum. Michael McKeon as Mr. Green. Eileen cocaine. Brennan as Mrs. White. Okay. Who, who sadly, I think, who sadly, I think, passed away this year. Yes, she did. Sadly. Um, Leslie Ann Warren as Miss Scarlet. Awesome. Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. And then, and then the, the rounding out the rest of the cast is like a bunch of surprisingly, I mean, people who, there's Yvette, Yvette was played by Colleen Camp, who you would know from other 80s movies, like she was, oh, I forget the name, but she was the, the she was a police sergeant in the Police Academy yep. movies. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the lead singer of 
fear. See, I didn't, I didn't know that until recently that he was, uh, like, he fronted a punk man. Fear. Lee Ving. Fear. Yeah. yeah. The incredibly named Lee Ving. Yeah. And Jane Weedlin from the Go-Go's. That's the right. She's girl. the telegram Tele- girl. Uh, uh, yeah, the singing telegram girl. Yeah, Jeffrey Kramer is from, uh, he was be- also best known for being in Jaws as well. Yes. Um, and Howard Hesseman is the chief. Uncredited Howard Hesseman. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic group. You I know? actually watched the credits three times to see if Howard Hussman was in it, because I, I hadn't realized that he was purposely uncredited, and it's like, it's like, that's Howard Hussman, I know it is, where is he? It's like, they don't even, oh, he's uncredited. <laughs> well, Chris, on the way over here, you mentioned to me that there are both Pac-Man and Tetris movies in development currently. Yes. If you told me today, or if you told me in the 1980s, oh, they're making a movie based on Clue, I would have said, well, that's going to be fucking terrible. Just like I'm relatively sure the uh, Pac-Man and Tetris movies are going to be fucking terrible. And they probably will be, and I'll tell you why. There's there's more oversight directly directly interfering from the um, companies now than there would have been back then, because the premise of the Clue board game is you are playing as... You're playing as detectives trying to figure out who killed Mr. Body in the mansion. That's literally it. You roll dice. You go from room to room. You try to find clues to eliminate what wasn't the cause to figure out who did. And, they t- and you, with such a broad enough premise, they, they did something really remarkable with this. Like a, a really brief rundown is um, six strangers are invited to a, a, a mansion. Alleged strangers. Alleged strangers are invited to it. Well, they have tenuous connections. Right, right. Uh, they they are invited to a a a mansion in the in New England, and sometime in the in the 1950s, the height of the Red Scare, and uh, a rainy, dark, cold night, and they're greeted by Wadsworth the Butler, who informs them <laughs> that they are all in that they're all here because they're all ensnared in the same blackmailing scheme by Mr. Body. And, he's, and he brought them all there to, to settle everything, to be done with this. And then Mr. Body shows up and says, okay, let's settle this with murder. He, he, like you do. He gives everyone weapons. He says, hey, let's just all kill Wadsworth and, you know, go on about our day. Well, the lights go out. Mr. Body gets shot. And then things escalate from there. I think it's, I'm just now realizing that uh, in this murder mystery, we have a cast, excluding the FBI agent who shows up and the cops that come in at the end, mm-hmm. 13 people. Yes. A cast of 13. I mean, officially, I, I left some people off. Officially, the cast list, when I saw cast and crew, or full cast, 17. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know from reading a couple articles, they, they basically all lived in that mansion while filming. <clears throat> Which just sounds like my dream scenario. It does, yeah. Making uh, a movie, just living in, in a place on set. Yeah. That does I, sound really cool. I want, to, I want to point out, one of the interesting things, I, I, I never really paid attention to watching it before. Wadsworth at one point says, the police are coming in about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And from there to the end of the movie, <laughs> oh, that's before they start searching. After the first round of searching, he says the police will be there in about 15 minutes. The pace, the frenzied pace at which this escalates and gets weirder and worse is absolutely incredible. I love it. I, yeah, and I love details like that in movies as well. Like the countdown at the end of uh, Aliens, that's exactly the amount of time mm-hmm. that uh, is being announced over the loudspeaker. But that, that, just, that, just blew, that just kind of blew my mind when I was re-watching it last night. I was like... Oh, that, I mean, that, that helped us. Like, it was weird enough or frenzied enough try, watching them do all this when I didn't think it was going to be, when, it was, when I thought it was, like, taking place over a longer amount of time. Now I know it happened within the span of, like, an episode of CSI. <laughs> I mean, the movie basically does take place in real time. Almost, yes. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think they fudge it a little bit because it's like there, there is about an hour, like, the movie takes place over an hour, and then there's the, uh, the ending. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think like from Mr. Body arriving onwards, the movie is in real time. Yeah. Basically, yes. Like they fudge it a little bit in the beginning with all the guests arriving, but once things really ramp up, yeah. it's, all this, it's all a solid hour of chaos. Yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely, and it's just, it's so, 
every, and that's a testament to, again, the directing and acting that it's like everyone's on the spot at the moment. Again, it's, it's, like, it's like I said with, um, with, uh, with Christmas Vacation, it doesn't feel like anything is wasted. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into it. Fav- let's talk about the favorite parts lines <laughs> practically the whole movie honestly uh, yeah i mean i'm sure every time kitty and i watch this i drive her nuts because i can't help but quote <laughs> along with it i mean obviously there's to make a long story short too late, too late. Too late. um which uh, i could relate to the first totally. the, you know you know it's yes, great so can we stand <laughs> the callback is fun but I, I i forgot the original the original uh usage of that line by colonel mustard is is when they're discussing, like, right after, I think, the cook or someone died. Mm-hmm. And everyone looks at him like, you, f- you motherfucker, someone just died. Yeah. Um, to this day, nobody can mention anything about communism without me either thinking <laughs> or saying out loud, communism was just a red that, herring. That's what I titled this part of the podcast, communism yeah. is, was just a red herring. And I think, I think it's funny, it's like in one of the endings, in, in two of the endings, including the real one, Tim Curry gets that line. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, Miss Scarlet does. Yes. Who I love, Miss, I, I forgot, Miss Scarlet is a character I really love because she's just so enthused by everything that's happening up until the ending. <laughs> she's into it. She is, yeah, every step of the way, uh, which makes it all the more satisfying when, in the first ending when she is the murderer. Mm-hmm. There's also every single line that Miss White says. Basically, yes. <laughs> um, Madeline Kahn, I think, has the best... In a cast of comic geniuses, Madeline Kahn has probably the best comedic timing out of all of them. To the point where she gets—I think she got to improv something that. Oh yeah. She, well, she got she the the flames flaming yes. is an improv yep. famously, and I don't think I, mean, I don't think they threw in a lot a lot of improv in the movie. She Probably. got to do that on her own. You can watch Martin Mull in the background trying to, to keep his shit together when she's doing. Oh that. yeah, yeah. They they seriously cut to to him and Christopher Lloyd. They're genuinely confused and bewildered. Um, there's uh, there's just something so genuine and hilarious about the way Martin Mull says the line um, I inherited the money after the war when I lost my mommy and daddy mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's uh, almost every time Colonel Mustard is in, a, is in an argument with someone and they get one over on him he just gen- he doesn't realize he just, he just agreed to, to their insult yes like most famously it's like it was when Wadworth goes you don't need my help looking bad and he's like that's, that's right, right. <laughs> and he doesn't react he's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Stan aside from um, long story short what stuck with you um, it's the first joke and it's my favorite joke and it will remain my favorite joke because I'm like eight years old anyway uh, the uh, when uh, when we first see Wadsworth and he's coming to the house and um, I think I know what you're talking about. moves the dog's way and mm-hmm. he steps in the sh- dog shit. I'm and, surprised they didn't go any further than the first couple of people. But see, I think that was as far as they could go before it would just, because they did three people and you know, and it's like, it would have been whole, funny. It would have been funny to me if people had paused near the door and just kind of, and then just moved on. <laughs> uh, it would, I did want it to come back to the, uh, when, when they started opening the door for the um, uh, the motorist, the, the motorist and the yeah. uh, 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 telegram girl singing telegram, yeah. I wanted them to like stop whatever they were doing and do the smell. <laughs> but I said, "Oh, that joke was done earlier, so it can't." And besides, be that girl by. was a professional. That girl was a professional, <laughs> yes. But but uh, that will remain my favorite joke just because I'm just totally fresh monic. So it's like um, I, I I just think it was a great response. To something that probably may or may not have been there at the beginning, but then everybody saw Tim Curry do it when he came in and said, "Hey, let's let's fuck fuck with Tim," you know, and and said, you know, because they they purposely would do it like in front of him, you know, as he's doing his stuff, whatever he's doing in the scene. But when they came in, it's like they would make sure, you know, just and it seemed like they were as actors fucking with each other and it's like I love the joke and I love it that it's also kind of a let's steal focus from this dude let's fuck with them on stage and see if we can crack him I, I, I love that joke uh, again I love the uh, um, too late stuff um, but my favorite my favorite bit of physical bit and, and I think and, it, and it's totally directly out of live theater um, and uh, vaudeville and stuff but because they 
they just staged it so well for the camera when they're bringing in the bodies of the cook and Mr. Body and they're putting them on the, on the chaise lounge and the two ladies carrying the, um, the cook uh, can't, can't get her all the way over so they just basically set her face down and, and into the sofa and then mm-hmm. they bring Mr. Body up and then somehow Colonel Mustard has found his way in between. Oh, no, that's, that's Professor Plum. It's Professor Plum. Is it? Is it yeah, a, yeah. It, uh, it's is Christopher Martin, Lloyd. Colonel Mustard it's in that Christopher scene. It's Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Okay, so, but, but whatever. The, Colonel the Mustard in that scene it. It has, has, a, <laughs> has, a, has his own bit where he's directing everyone carrying the cook and never once helping Never them. once helped. That, uh, yes, and then, uh, but the, the way, and I don't know if they had placed Christopher Lloyd into that position, but the fact that it, they just circled around and all of a sudden somehow well, he's It's because of how he's carrying the body. I, he ends up swinging around with it onto the couch. Right, uh, but just the staging and the traffic <laughs> pattern that had to take. Um, and, and it's something that's done in rehearsal. You know, it's a total, it's a total uh, physical comedy thing mm-hmm. in, in live theater. You know, but but because it's live, that's why it works, and you've done it 18 million times in rehearsals. But uh, but the idea that they were able to get the cameras in the right place for that moment, and you know, and however however many cameras they used, but just nothing was. There was never a mix-up in traffic. It mm-hmm. was all almost like a perfect circle, and and somehow he's in between there, and it was just such precise physical bit. And, and and I love that moment. That's oh, that's probably my favorite. Absolutely, the, the entire core cast is just physically gifted, both as as uh, comedians, you know, and line delivery yes. and physically. Yes. Well, that is especially in play, like when they are are in pairs going through the house, watching <laughs> Yvette and Mr. Green. I was going to highlight that myself. That is that I forget just how great that characterization is. Yeah, them back to back, like. No, they're wedged like chest to chest. Yeah, narrowly like trying to step up these stairs at the, the same the time. Attic. And before that is so great. The exchange they have is like where there's like where they don't like neither one of them wants to go up first. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, she's like, I think you should go up first. And he finally agrees. And he says, okay. And then there's just a four to five second pause where he stands. <laughs> and they go there. to a whole different. Oh yeah, they cut, they cut, cut to away. a different scene. But it's just that whole pause of him standing there not moving at all. They cut back and they're still just standing there. Well, around that same time is when Miss Scarlet and Colonel Mustard are behind the bar. Yeah. And they both try to go at the same time, so they just end up back to back, wedged between the bar and the wall. It just looks so horribly uncomfortable <laughs> mm-hmm. for the two of them, but neither of them will budge. It's 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 yeah. They they knew the characters they wanted to have for each particular pair off, and it's perfect. and later with um, the the same thing going through the hallways and stuff, the secret hallways. Uh, later was and I'm assuming Miss Garland mustard, right? They're t- they're t- together. Yes. Yeah, yeah they're but on the ground floor. When they when Miss Garland's taking them through the ones that she's figured out. And they're about to go into the one where it opens up, and they find uh, the uh, the motorist. The motorist. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she goes into the hallway, and it's, she's like, oh, pretending like it's really cramped and small, and she's up against the back wall, all like it's. And then Colonel Mustard Martin Mull just walks in, <laughs> like there's nothing there. There's no fourth wall. He just walks in like there's totally as much room as possible. And I just loved. Just love the juxtaposition of somebody trying to act like there's that it's crowded, and then Mark Mull's like, "Fuck this, man!" <laughs> and just does a Fred Willard and just walks. Through. I think it, I think it has to do with the fact that she's just more scared of what there is in the darkness, and, and, he, and I think and he's a military guy, so he's and, just like, "Yeah, whatever." And she's you know she's acting like it's dark and that she has to feel her way, and he, but he's just. Bloop. <laughs> it's just it speaks to their personalities, yeah, and it was awesome. <laughs> I, I like how they 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 uh, pre, there was a there was a bit before there where they kind of lampshaded the Yvette Mr. Green pairing where it's, where they talk about who's gonna pair off and go where and is it, is it Colonel Mustard and Professor Plum go who's like who's gonna go with Yvette and they'll go I do I do and Mr. Green goes no thanks <laughs> well yeah that what's brilliant about that is everyone gets paired up with a person they don't want to be oh absolutely with. yes uh, Mr. Green ends up getting paired up with Yvette mm-hmm. which the only even if he actually is, if you take the uh, last ending as canon and he actually is straight, the only guy who does not stop to check out a vet's cleavage at all during <laughs> exactly. the movie. Exactly. He's, he's a good agent. Yeah. He commits to that bit. A hundred percent. 
Um, but yeah, he says he doesn't want to go with a vet. He gets paired up with her. Um, Wadsworth says that he would never get paired up with um, Mrs. White. And they end up paired up, up yeah. with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which some inspired acting also on Wadsworth's part, which I'll get to. I mean, why? Well, actually, I'll get to it now. It's like the part, we, when it's revealed later that Wadsworth is the mastermind, that he's really Mr. Body. And so he's up there with a vet. And he, so he's, he's basically doing this just so, just because he knows that. Well, actually, because part, part of the plan is that he's, you know, he's set this in motion so they'll take care of his informants. So he's like, so someone is doing killing. He's expecting that. So he's kind of like half acting, half being realistic. He's like, if someone's up here, uh, you know, he's like, I'll take care. He's like, I'm, watch out. He just goes, you better watch out. <laughs> just... <laughs> running, 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 running. <laughs> I yelling, believe, yelling, yelling, yelling. No, it's run down the hall. Run down the hall. I can't imagine what that filming must have been like for Tim Curry to do that sequence over and over again. Let's get into it. At, just after the hour mark of this movie, after everything has transpired and the cops are super are so close, they you know Wadsworth is like, all right, look, we need to have basically we need to just set set out all the facts we know. So he, from the beginning, reenacts the events of the evening four times. Um, and just the imitations that he does and nails, <laughs> like nailing um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Green's, Green. oh, yeah. I had to stop her screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a letter, and you had a letter, and you had a letter, and you had a letter. Get on with it. <laughs> he picks. Long story short. Too late. Too late. <laughs> they, the killer picks up the knife, runs down the hallway. Um, it, oh, and of course, like physical acting, when he, when he gets to the point of the cook's murder, he disappears down the secret passageway. They, they, when they run to go, go to where the cook was found, where, well, where is he? The door opens. He falls, falls out down. like the cook. Miss Scarlet screams like she did the first time. <laughs> well, so I was watching that last night. That yeah. actually is just a, a reused take from the first time because well, I, she's not smoking a cigarette when they walk in. Yeah. She's smoking one when they cut to her screaming again, and then when they cut back, she's not smoking. So they literally just reused footage well, I, from I, that first scene. I'm betting it's because they want. They realize, oh, we should do the, do the do a gag where it's like she screams again. It's like, wait, she didn't scream again. Oh, just put it back in there. <laughs> But yeah, he, he falls out like the cook. <laughs> Since he'd already done this as Mr. Body, Mr. Green has none of it, just drops him. He's he just pretends to be dead on the floor. And then he's right back up. Which is, Wait. it's like, again, the second time he does that, because I, I, like, I forgot to say, it's Mr. Body. <laughs> he turns out the light to reenact when, they, when Mr. Body got shot. When they, they, like, they all kind of scream again, and they, they get the lights back on. He's just face down on the floor. <laughs> and then he pops up. God bless Tim Curry. And it's like, and he keeps using Mr. Green as a stand-in for yes. Mr. Body. <clears throat> yeah, poor Mr. Green gets thrown around so much during that finale. <laughs> Will you stop that? No, no. And just he says no and tosses him in the bathroom. Uh, which uh, which of the three endings do you prefer? Like, what do you think is the best of the three? I watch all three. Well, yeah, but, obviously. I'm but, never going to be like I'm. We're only going to watch this oh, yeah, ending yeah. tonight. But we'll, we'll get, uh, yeah, there's there's discussion about that. But I I like I like the third. I like the canon canonical ending. Mm -hmm. I like the actual ending the most because it makes the most sense to me. Plus, it's it's funny. It's like how all three of those endings can can work because of the camera work and stuff they did. Because like, if you go back and check what, what Wadsworth is talking about, it's like you can't see those characters when when they go in to check out. Like they, they, like they could have potentially been all there, but it's just enough that you can't tell those people were there. The amount of storyboarding and script work that must have taken place to make sure that all of that matches up correctly mm -hmm. should have, would have been insane. Uh, I personally, I like the Miss Scarlet ending. Because yeah. she's, no, I, like you pointed out, she's so enthusiastic throughout the whole film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Stan, what do you think? Um, I, I got to go with Chris on it, um, mainly because I, I, I like that it has the best button. Uh, oh, yes, it the, has the classic. With, uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, Green. Uh, if you'll excuse uh, me, I'm going to go home and sleep, sleep with, with my, my wife. wife. Well, not only that, but right before that, 
they slip in the classic game all right. game winning. Who one. done it? Yes. They all did it. But if you want to know who, who shot, shot Mr. Mr. Body, it was it, I did in the hallway with the revolver. Yes, yes. Um, that uh, that's why it's like I love how it actually does the moment. And you're right, Miss Scarlet is really good because she is also very impressed when Wadsworth outs her <laughs> and, and captures her. Who are you, Perry Mason? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that phone call. Uh, that, oh, the, uh, and, and the side characters are, are great because when they show up, you're like, oh no, more people are, he- are here. And then it, then it just slowly becomes a realization, oh wait, they're connected. Yeah. So, and <laughs> especially when the cop who shows up questions him about the phone call from J. Edgar Hoover. Well, he's on everyone else's phone. Why wouldn't he be on mine? And there, there's that joke. The, the, like I was saying earlier, the thing about getting older and watching this movie again is picking up on all of these jokes uh, where I think it's uh, Colonel Mustard who says, is the FBI in the practice of cleaning up after multiple murders? <laughs> well, of course. Why do you think it's run by a man <laughs> named Hoover? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Also, I'm going to say it right now. Uh, if you like Clue and don't like the quippiness of Marvel movies, you're a goddamn hypocrite. Because this movie, while ostensibly people are dropping like flies, uh, people are going a mile a minute. Yep, two corpses. We're all good. <laughs> That's, it's like, everything okay? Yep, two corpses. Everything's fine. <laughs> it is America's ass. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> but but, but I, I agree with you, Chris. It's because... because the people doing the Marvel movies, at least, you know, like the Russos and stuff, are, are folks like us that, well, I guess me now, uh, they grew up with the Clue movies and the uh, Vacation movies and stuff like that. So they have that, that sense of when they're doing their writing and stuff like that, that if we're going to have the, let's, let's model our jokes after... That well, type of stuff, especially since that would be the comics. It's just like, I mean, I'm on a much lesser scale, at least for me. It's like when I'm stuck in a really shit situation that i got to keep going through, I'm going to start making jokes. Quipping, yeah. <laughs> what were you talking about? The, it's, it's, the, it's the principle of gallows humor. As When we were watching Nope yesterday, it's like, that's all about, you know, how we would actually react. And, you know, it's like, nope, <laughs> you know, in a situation like that. And it's like... And, and and we're only the hero at the at the moment when it calls for it, not at not at the beginning of the sequence, but because we're going to be regularly scared, trying to hide under a table or trying to you know lock the doors and you know uh, you know get away from the shit, you know, not run to it. You know, we only run to it when it's absolutely you know the last option in the sense. So. I do. You're talking about the endings. I do like the fact I thought about it is like it the way that it's set up. It's only plausible if. Either A, Miss Scarlet has done it, Mrs. White has done it, or everyone had did a murder. Uh-huh. And it, 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 yeah, and it's just like everything about this is just, just so well, interesting. Is, isn't the second one? Um, second one's Mrs. White. Uh, oh, okay. It's, the second one is mm, Eileen The Brennan, second right? ending is uh, Miss Peacock. Miss Peacock. I'm sorry, yes, I Ms. meant Peacock. Peacock. I don't know yeah. why, but when I think, I, I don't know why, but I think of her as Mrs. White. because she's dressed in white. Mm. I think it's what does it for me. Because well, she, she ate the monkey brains and actually liked so it. So popular out of in Cantonese, Cantonese cuisine. <laughs> I, I don't. I wish I knew why some of these lines have stuck with me the it's, way they it's, are. It has to be just delivery. It just it's just so much in my head. It's just like I shouldn't think of. I shouldn't think to just say that. Well, and how again, can you confuse Miss White for Miss Peacock when Miss Peacock literally has plumage around her hair for the entire movie? I, I don't know why. I don't know why that doesn't register with me, but it just doesn't. I don't. keeps pulling the, up her fur. The incredible quick thinking of them to set up a fake party when the cop looks around. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing illegal about any of this. Are you sure? Yeah. It's just people having fun. Um, to have, enjoying themselves. To have to have been um, Colonel Mustard pretending to make out with the uh, cook's corpse. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, this, um, uh, uh, I guess it's Mrs. White, right? Making out with Lee Vings. <laughs> with his corpse on top of her, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, um, well Mr. Uh, uh, Colonel Mustard is manipulating the cook's arms for, like, the, yes. the hug or the dance that they're doing. Um, 
something that's always stuck with me that, uh, uh, again, talking about quotes that you can't really just put in any other situation, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's delivery when he walks over to Mrs. Peacock with the, with the match, he just looks at her and goes, it's you and me, honey bunch. There's something about that. It's because he, he didn't get paired up with any of the people, he de the women he deemed more attractive, solely because of that. <laughs> and the gun <clears throat> argument, the bullet argument, excuse me. Yes. One plus two, plus one, <laughs> plus two. Yeah. I counted that through the movie this time. There were only five shots. Yeah, I have done that before <laughs> at some point. I've sat down and watched this like, all right, I'm actually going to pay attention to the bullets this time. And it's exclusive. It's, it, that, that's also another point in favor of the Scarlet ending. That's the only time they have that argument. Yes. It's like one plus two plus two plus. <laughs> um, uh, when Amanda and I went to lunch after the movie and basically we were just talking about either nope or what I was going to be able to see in the second half, you know, that I was going to watch after, uh, of Clue afterwards. And uh, um, she kept, she kept, have you got to this uh, singing telegram yet? I was like, no. And she's, then she just started going, one plus two plus two plus one plus one. I'm like, why you got that? I don't one. know and, what that means and, yet. And, and she was cracking herself up when she was doing it. And then it just the way she was doing it was cracking me up. I'm like, I can't wait to see what that's from <laughs> said, no, that was only one that? shot that was one plus one plus two plus <laughs> one <laughs> yeah no scarlet was right the uh they fired one, one shot. shot at the chandelier mm -hmm. two shots at the door one, one shot from mr body yes and one shot at the uh, singing telegram that's right that's five five shots i thought there was two shots at the chandelier though no no, no that was wadsworth wadsworth's mistake no i mean when it was done before it came down there was a second shot i don't know mm -hmm. no nope. there were two shots You're, you might be thinking of the second shot on the door because there's there's the shot that sort of grazes the door and the second one that goes through and wings uh colonel mustard the the, the the one that hits the chandelier rope grazes it but does enough damage that the weight pulls it that's down. uh what i'm thinking well we can sit here quoting the movie can well, I mean, we could probably quote our way through the entire thing. Um, what's next? What was your next well, discussion topic? On the, on the, well, I did want to say, mention one more thing about the summation, which is I realized it was two great like, detective fiction tropes combined into one when you, when you find out that Wadsworth is the mastermind. Mm -hmm. And that is, the first one is the great moment where the detective you know, sits everyone down and runs through everything that happened. Like, Peter he, he pieces it all together like... Like, a, like, the, like Poirot or Holmes. And the other thing that's happening that you don't realize until you see the, the proper ending is it's also the killer boasting about how yes. he did it. Yes. Two yes. for one. Yes. And I love it. It's, you know, what's interesting is about the endings is I, I have, since I have the Blu-ray, I looked in the back, they actually properly list the running times of the movies if you run each ending individually or run all three of them together. Which is a nice touch. To have been an audience member in, what, 87? 85. 85, and come out and be like, oh, and what about that ending where Miss Scarlet did it? What are you talking about? Miss Peacock did it. Or, that, no, they all did it. Like, the fact that the theatrical releases all had one ending attached. And my mom talked about that, <clears throat> she, uh, talked about that being, you know, when it actually happened in theaters. I th you know, and, and that's, uh, it dovetails into this. It's like we mentioned it earlier. It was, a f it was unfortunately a flop when it came out, and I think this is part of it. I think people didn't like the gimmick of the idea of walking out not having seen the right ending. Right. I can see how that would have backfired because I'm sure movie executives at the time were like, well, that just gives them incentive to go back and see it two more times. Right. That, you know, yeah, it is, and I I don't know how they distributed it, but I think it was just almost random which mm -hmm. ending you got. Um, so I've seen Clue 47 times, and I got the, the same, same ending. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's like one part of the states got this ending, another part, you know, so mm -hmm. it was like released regionally. And at the beginning, there were four endings, and uh, Kaplan decided to cut one right. and, uh, because he said three is enough. Yeah. And Wait, who, what was the fourth ending? Uh, it's in the Wikipedia, Pornopedia. Um, pornocopia? Porn what did you just say? <laughs> Win a Pornocopia. Um, where'd it go? Uh, what was ending number four? 
A fourth inning was filmed, but Lynn removed it because he later said it really wasn't very good. I looked at it and I thought, no, 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 we've got to get rid of that. Um, Wadsworth committed all the all of the murders in the unused fourth inning. He was motivated by his desire for perfection. So, mm. so because um, yeah, he's the butler, because <laughs> he's the butler, and the butler did it. But uh, um, I think it, I think it's true, is it? Because they already did the law of threes. You know, it's like well, well that yeah, it, it actually just makes uh, Wadsworth seem smarter to have just uh, you know coerced everyone else y- into doing yes. his dirty work. That, that's exactly what I think. And then again, I think I think um, what's his face, Jonathan Lind Landis. John Landis? Jonathan Lynn, when oh, he Jonathan was Lynn, the director. Uh, deciding yeah. on what endings to use, um, I think he was like me and just like liked the button of the... Of now, the how could you not? It, it, it's you just, not? No. it really is a perfect way to oh, yeah. end a black comedy style farce, you know, physical farce show. Um, and because that would work on stage as well to have that moment happen. And uh, I, I think it was just the lovely... That's why I've and always wanted to play Mr. Green, so that I could go out on that last and, line. And mm-hmm. it's a great line. And yeah. if I did it live, I would want all three endings just to do to build up to that. But but the idea that that if that is the cannot you know that that's the ending that is considered the ending, um, and that's the one people got to see in whatever co- part of the country they were in. I think they were given the best ending because the best the best bit mm-hmm. to finish a, finish a show. And you know what's great about ever since they've, ever since DVD and Blu-ray, they've, they've on every iteration, they've given you the option. It's like you can have a random ending. Mm-hmm. You can pick whichever ending you want or you can have all three, which I love. It's just, I like how proud they still are of that gimmick. Because it's a good one, and I, it I, is. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a shame. I think, at this, I think it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's like it was a flop. But I think that I think the fact that it grew into a cult hit is proof that it's a quality movie, and on top of that, it probably saved it from people seeing how much like it saved it from making a bunch of money and getting ruined somehow. I think. Yeah, that's fair. And, and um, the fact that it, uh, as the cult status of the film grew, people were starting to discover the people that were in it because that's like. You know, it's like we knew Madeline Kahn from the early Brooks stuff and stuff, but the idea that like Martin Mull, you know, and the Christopher Guest style uh, folks, they were coming to their own at the beginning of that movie's run. So it's like, as the cult status happens, you get to see Martin Mull more. You get to, see, you know, so it's like you start appreciating them as comics and as uh, artists themselves as well. So it's like, I'm not sure if people were ready for that grouping. Of brilliance. But to quote Back to the Future, your kids are going to love it. I know, right. Exactly. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's right. The double negative has given way to proof positive. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> I like, I well, like we're just going to have to talk over Stan laughing for the rest of the episode. We have a laugh track now. Yeah. Um, well, I think the last thing I just say, do you think we'll see something quite like that again? I mean, I don't, I want, I want to hope, but I don't think, I don't think so. Not in the same way, at least. I mean, this is, this movie is iconic and it's a classic, uh, but will we see something like it again? We've seen something like it since. I mean, as much as I love this movie, it is not one of a kind. No. Um, and again, good to go back, uh, it's a staple of live theater and vaudeville and stuff like that, it, the, the physical farce comedy, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, um, the, the style and the bits have been around forever, but uh, but in the sense of people taking time to do it as a film, I think it's going to be more animated. Is, is the Pac-Man stuff supposed to be live action? Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I, I haven't heard anything about it in a while, but the rumor was Ryan Reynolds was trying to do a remake of this. Yes, I do remember hearing that, and I feel like it's doomed to fail unless they don't try to do a remake and they just make another clue like they try to recreate this story they're never they're never going to achieve that kind of success but if you take the foundations of clue which is that it's six people and a murder mystery inside a mansion and i'm betting something like that Hmm. will happen more than just a straight remake yeah like we don't need to see the motorist and the cop and the singing telegram girl again we can see other interesting doomed characters 
but I, I will say it will be, if, one, one, if it happens and it gets off the ground, it will be funny to read those articles of, about how this might ruin the legacy of Clue. Well, yeah, there's always going to be that anytime there's a remake or a reboot of anything. It's, it's like the, the original one's not being erased. It's, it's fine. Well, we did a whole episode. Maybe we should revisit the topic about how people just need to get over that. Reboots, yeah. remakes have been happening literally since films mm-hmm. started being made. Oh, absolutely. Everybody who decries, oh, this remake, this sequel, well, this reboot ruins the franchise. Fuck off. <laughs> Get yeah, the fuck out of here. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I, I just recently, well, a couple days ago, I, I finally watched the uh, new Beavis and Butthead film, and it was brilliant. No, actually, yeah, it's it got, really it got great awesome. reviews, and a new uh, season of Beavis and Butthead just dropped, apparently. Re- yeah. uh, yes. And, uh, um, but yeah, it is, it's funny, it's smart, um, Mike Judge sounds 20 years older. <laughs> I've never once seen an episode of Beavis, or Butt- Beavis and Butthead. I won't say you're missing out. I don't think, I don't think you get it. It does into- not seem like my sense of humor, no. no. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I would love to fan cast like a remake. But, um, and if they were to remake this movie, I'd go so far as to say I'm the one they should let do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah, again, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. I, I'm uh, I'm glad. Again, um, like with Christmas Vacation, I probably it wouldn't be one of the one of the first things I would seek out to you know mm-hmm. watch. Um, but I'm glad I finally got par- became part of the zeitgeist for it, uh, and and I feel the same way with Clue now. It's like. It, wa- it wasn't always the first, it was never the first thing I would go, it's, oh, uh, I need a scary Christmas movie or whatever. I need a scary... Um, Christmas? Uh, or a comedy movie, you know, okay. or a scary, uh, uh, or a scary um, uh, detective noir black comedy thing. Um, Clue was never what I sought out. Uh, but now that I've seen it and I... And, and, I will, I will definitely, when it's running, I'll probably, if, and I come across it, I'll definitely sit down just to see the running, 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 run down the hall. <laughs> or, the, or the sniffing of the air <laughs> after stepping in dog shit just, just because I'm five. Just because I'm thinking <laughs> about it again is the, I love the fact that, it, that like, things go so off the rails so quickly. In, in, on the event, in the events of the movie that, you know, they're so kind of, they're almost kind of glib about it at first. By the end, they're all so tired that they just look at the, ex, the other people, the other dead people and just like, oh. Well, after taking such great care with the bodies of Mr. Body and the cook, yeah. at, by the end, they bring in the singing telegram girl's body and, yeah, and they just, just let go and yeah, drop just, her on the floor. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that. That was another great uh, fun, fun joke that I had was that they just resigned themselves that everybody was going to die. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. It's just, oh, okay. Another, well, it's like they discovered the motor after, after <laughs> and then, it, then they found the cop. And then it, it was, it was the, that's right. That's right. Because it was after the entire, after the summation, they were like, well, we need to get her body inside. And you're right. It was just at that point, it's just like, ugh. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I unabashedly love this movie. I've seen it. I, I I could not begin to tell you if it how many times I've seen this. It could easily be more than a hundred. Mm-hmm. I've I yeah. There's never a bad time to watch Clue. I just you know with this and vacation, it just reminds me. It's just like I think uh, one thing I'm always a sucker for is even if it's not great at the very least, as long as it's a competent comedy with an ensemble cast that has excellent chemistry, it's a winner for me. Because mm-hmm. I almost put Super Troopers in this list. So. I oh, love that would have, Yeah, that would have been a fun one to discuss <laughs> yeah. as well. I love Super Trooper. <laughs> All right, well, does that wrap up your, um, your Clue discussion? Well, Dave, I believe I'm done. Well, Would anybody right, like then. any fruit or dessert? <laughs> <laughs> or what is the... And what is your job? I buttle. I buttle. Uh, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 it's, I'm the butler, sir. And uh, what does a butler do? I buttle. I buttle. <laughs> Yes. That's the mo- this is the movie that made me finally look up what it means to be a butler. It's like you take care of the front end of the house and the kitchen. That mm-hmm. is precisely what a butler does. And 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 the thing is, is the joke works so well and we didn't we didn't talk about whether it was appropriate or not, but the whole I'm a plant. Huh. I thought men like you were usually <laughs> called, called fruit. fruit. 
And I love there, the, there are several jokes that uh, would not necessarily well, work today. It, but it is no, a it great flies one hundred percent because it's set in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. And it, literally, I mean, what Michael McKeon's character says is true. Mister Green is is correct. It's like if he had been out publicly outed as gay, he would have been seen as you, a security threat exactly. and, and fired. Yes, you know, I was thinking of, I, we talked about a little bit about how he, if that is the canonical ending, he stuck to that story like glue the entire movie. <laughs> yep. um, but that makes it, I was thinking about this, we've seen this movie more than a hundred times, still catching things. Um, when he stands up and announces to everyone that he's a homosexual, Wadsworth seems surprised. So we never actually, as far as I could tell, we never find out what Mr. Green was being blackmailed for. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's brilliant because he gets ahead of Wadsworth. Yes. No one ever reveals to the other guests what he was being blackmailed for. We eventually That's find true. out about everyone else. Also, yeah, it's like there... I mean, there wasn't one for everybody, but it's like he also didn't have any other connections show up in the house. Right. Actually, there was one for everybody else. There was. There were only five. Yeah. There. You know, there there wasn't one for Mr. Green. Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All yes. right. Well, I I really loved it, Chris. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed I'm, it. I'm glad I. I'm glad it ended better than it started. <laughs> I'm not. You bitter. really you really I'm, stuck the landing on this not, one. Thank not you, bitter. Chris. Not better at all. <laughs> um, we'll see how I fare because we're going to get real weird with my picks um, starting next month. Uh, we're going to be kicking off my four perfect 10 films and we're going to be discussing the 1987 classic that David Two Dogs Hayes, host of This Is a Work, hates Robocop. Really? Yeah, that's where we're starting. So, September, we're going to be talking about Robocop and. Uh, we Robocop, who is he? What is he? Too late. Um, <laughs> We've got quite a bit of wrestling coming up, don't we? Is that? Yeah, uh, I think so. There are two events happening next weekend. Christ, I should know this. I'm the producer of three. Um, the, uh, it's AEW's next pay-per-view and Clash at the Castle happening. That's right. There might be an NXT thing as well. That, yeah, yeah. You we know, should talk about money plane again. Then. No. <laughs> you know, I, I started this network with one show for us and one, for, one wrestling show for dogs. And since that time, we have since added two more wrestling podcasts. This network is three quarters wrestling. Well, now one, one of quarter them, us. Now, one of them was your idea. The other, the other one just kind of just sprung up in the background somehow. Yeah, the <laughs> other... This is a rewind. Is um, I just let dogs and Shelby do whatever the hell they want. <clears throat> And I just edit it and put it online. Uh, producership. They're just off in the corner playing with action figures. No, that's me. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, Stan, if people want to reach out to you online or follow you online, where can they do that at? Twice. All right, Chris, <laughs> if people want to reach out to you, where can they do that at? They shouldn't, but I'm on Twitter at Chris the Okay. All right, and uh, if you want to follow me online, the best place to do that is at uh, is on Instagram at db hensley. I, I keep tossing around the idea of actually using my TikTok for posting videos, but uh, still haven't done that yet. Uh, so if that happens, I'll let you know, listeners. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us or search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening, and if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. The Peace game, out. The, the game's up, Dave. There's no more minutes left in this podcast. Make a long story short. Too late.